Welcome to the Salty Music Teacher with Maddie Saltibus. Hi, and welcome to the Salty Music Teacher. I am Maddie Saltibus, and I have here Eric Cavazos who's also a salty music teacher. Very salty. (laughs) (laughs) So we are today we're going to talk about uh, UIL, which is a competition that our students go through every year here in Texas. Although they have mentioned, or within the past couple of years, they've changed from contest competition uh, language and now made it an assessment to try to get uh, music teachers to not be so uh, upset with the process that we have to go through. But but yes, <laughs> this was before COVID, by the way. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's make it clear. Right. They were making things easier mm-hmm. and lighter as far as language is concerned. Right. Before COVID. <laughs> right. I always joke around with people and I tell them or when people ask, how do you get sweepstakes at UIL? I say, well, first of all, it takes prescription drugs to get, to get it because oh of God. all the pressure that we that we put on ourselves. That's true. You know, and. What are we putting all the pressure for? I don't know. You know? So what what is uh, UIL to begin with? Well, according to Dr. Google, which then led me to <laughs> Wikipedia, a very, very incredible. Uh, so I did look it up. <laughs> so this is what UIL is. It's an organization that is that exists in Texas. It's a state, a Texas state organization, and it creates rules um, for and administers all athletic, musical, and academic contests for public schools. Um, and so within that, we have two contest evaluations that our students as orchestra students can participate in. The first, as you know, as a high school teacher is solo and ensemble contest. And then the second is the very daunting concert and sight reading evaluation. Yeah. Evaluation. <laughs> evaluation. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to go into kind of how these evaluations go for us Mm -hmm. you know we were just talking about at the beginning that we kind of stress ourselves out and you know if the kids are doing the best they can i always feel that that's just the year we're going to have um i see time and time again you know teachers who are great at what they do Mm -hmm. in the classroom Mm -hmm. and you have some kids who just don't uh, see it their way, you know, right. and it, they just give the teacher a little bit of hard, hard time. Right. In other words. So, I mean, what are some things that you, you've, you've experienced? Oh gosh. So, you know, I think a lot about this because, um, a word that I use a lot in my career and how I plan for things is sustainable because, and, and I think that we all probably should be considering sustainability as we make decisions for our program. Because, you know, if we want teachers to last in this until retirement, which seems to be happening less and less. Um, it's true. In, in, I, in I the a music couple of friends that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or they say they retire and they're 25, <laughs> <You know? laughs> which is, a you know, a, a nicer An way of saying I'm leaving the field. Yeah. Um, so I think about sustainability. And if we want to consider that, then any kind of pressure that we put on ourselves or anything that we do that makes us not enjoy this job, that's not sustainable. Because- yeah, but I, I know you. You put the pressure on yourself. Right. I mean, I do this too. Right. I put a lot of pressure on myself mm-hmm. because I really want those kids to see what I saw when I, when I was their age. In other words, like I really want them to understand to lack of better words, the pain I went through yeah. to yeah. earn to earn 
such a good performance, right? You know? And for me, it's not about necessarily the rating which we get. It's more about the recording, you know. Right. If I get a good recording, mm -hmm. oh man, I'll. I was just talking to my kids about it the other day. I said, if you get a good report, recording, you want to show it to everybody. Right. But if you don't get a good recording, mm -hmm. you're not even going to want to show it to grandma. You I'm sorry. Grandma don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Whenever I have recordings that I'm not proud of, I get into like, I don't even listen to the whole, the whole track. <laughs> it's like 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think I was there. I was there. I don't need to hear it. Yeah. Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it sounded better in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get a good recording, I mean, that's, that's man, you want to show everybody. And mm -hmm. the good part about uh, the evaluation is that it gives us a platform to help. Uh, well, I know for a fact, for me, it gives me a platform to really get my students on board mm -hmm. with doing something v together. Right. You know, it's not just a concert for us. Right. You know, and, and I, I, t <laughs> I kind of, I kind of say these things in class that are just out there, but mm -hmm. I'll tell them, I'll say, this is not a Halloween concert. I'm sorry. Right. Right. <laughs> Mainly because they're making mistakes or they're right. out of tune, but I'll say this is not a Halloween concert. So they kind of like when I say things like that. Uh, what are some things that you feel are really important uh, for teachers or just people in general to know about UIL that helps your kids come together for an event like this? Sure. So uh, I guess just in preparing music in general, um, I try to make sure that our stu my students know the difference in our in knowing our audience. So kind of like how you said, you know, this isn't a Halloween concert or for what I say, this is not just a normal concert in this case, you know, um, if we're performing and that Halloween it, concert thing works, though. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. <laughs> as soon as you say that, oh, they start giggling. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but for me, it's like if we if we know that our audience in this performance are friends who love us, parents who love us, family members who love us, or just people who are there to support us. Hey, you know what? It, it's going to be great. We can perform poorly. And most of the time, the parents will still say, that was so great. You oh, know, hundred yeah. percent of the <laughs> right. time, hundred, they'll, they'll say, oh, something happened in the middle. Right, there. right. Or the kid will be like, <laughs> oh, this didn't go well. I didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. I didn't notice what you're talking about. Yeah. But I tell them we have to know our audience. So in, in the purpose for UIL and how we're preparing for this, we are preparing with the with the recognition that our audience. Well, first of all, we usually don't have an audience. Yeah, that's the we uh, have. Hold on, let me for people who don't know about this. You know, it's so interesting. You work your tail off for mm -hmm. six, eight weeks. You mm -hmm. know, and then you show up ready to go, and there's only three people in the audience, the right. judges only. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe a principal. <laughs> maybe a principal. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if your admin decides yeah. to show up, you know, mm -hmm. um, and maybe another group if, if you're lucky. Right. You know? That's true. But man, I, I've seen concerts. It's just like no one's in the hall. And right. Those poor kids are playing their hearts out. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, Maddie and I both went to UIL last week. We're in March right now, <laughs> um, and our, our both of our orchestras performed very well. Um, but you know, I didn't have an audience, or actually, I had five people in the audience, which was um, the three judges, my yeah. assistant, and our department chair. Um, so, does that make you nervous not having anyone in the audience? I All almost, those empty seats, you know, as if, you, <laughs> as if people, per <laughs> as if you forgot to tell people the concert exists. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's funny because they call it the UIL Concert Insight Reading Evaluation. So, if you think that as a concert, it's like, well. Uh, that's a very loose definition of concert, but, um, 
you know, I, going back to telling my students, we have to know our audience. So in this case, I say our audience is three judges or and what they're doing is they have copies of the score um, and they're writing comments. And their whole purpose is going is to tell us things that we're doing well. Most sometimes sometimes judges are really good at, at uh, validating the things you're doing well. But for the most part, judges are kind of dwelling on things that we need to improve on or offering suggestions on how we can improve. So or just being mean. Right. We're <laughs> just being mean. Unfortunately, that that's you know, that's the, has been the case for some um, judges and some teachers' experiences when, you know, you after you leave the the thing and you read those comments and you can't even read it to the kids <laughs> because it's like this I is know. not helpful to oh them. Um, but, you know, I prepare for the concert knowing the audience. Okay, so we're preparing. We know our audience is going to be three people who know our music or who have access to our music. And their whole purpose is going to be to tell us what we can do to improve. Also, while sometimes, you know, like I said, telling us what we're doing well. But that doesn't really, as much as I celebrate that, I'm much more interested as a teacher in the things that they offer that we can improve on. Um, so with that in mind, I tell the students, if what we're, if we want our judges not to have to write too much, oh, yeah. then we have mm-hmm. to over-prepare. Yeah, you got to you know. show them everything. I, I right. tell my kids, hey, look, I want it to be as if they are hearing the music mm-hmm. and they they you know they don't have to look at at the physical music yep. itself they're just yes. saying hey look they're playing piano they're playing mm-hmm. forte so there's no question about it yes if you as a judge have to question mm-hmm. whether someone did something then it wasn't clear enough right and i i use that to guide my preparation for uil as well um i tell the students i want them to perform in a way that if the judges had no scores but they were notating everything they heard. And like it was a very intense oral skills exercise that they would notate it exactly the way the publisher uh, is selling this music. That's true. Because everything you do have to watch doing, out, though. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was, oh man, I got stories for days. But there was a, uh, you know, there's a, in a couple of publications, mistakes in the music. Oh, right. And so either it's an, a discrepancy with, you know, the part with the uh compared to the the score or even just a note is not correct right especially with some of these historical mm-hmm. pieces you go into the box you go into the mozarts you know and you would think oh yeah they got this together over the years yeah no they're still right. working out what did they mean this particular yeah. note uh, and th- people can argue about that mm-hmm. i do have a story about the sight reading there was oh. one year oh my goodness this is uh this actually happened so we get into the sight reading room and they give you a couple of minutes for those who don't know they give you a couple of minutes to uh prepare a piece of music that the kids never seen before mm-hmm. and uh, that piece of music must be read perfectly right. only once they only get one try to, right. to actually perform it but you can shadow bow you can do things uh, uh as a as a director to help them understand uh, how to how the music is to be performed but after we did our little segment of shadow bowing period, I stopped and I said to the judges, I said, uh, I think there's a wrong, there's mm-hmm. a wrong note. There's a mistake. And the judges said, there's no mistake. What are you talking about? Right. And I said, no, I think there's a mistake. I need you to check it right now. Right. And so they went up and checked it. And sure enough, there was a wrong note mm-hmm. in the actual music. They said, how did you know that that, that happened? I said, well, when I said to my students, oh, watch out for this note. G. Let's say it was G. Yeah. 
the kids looked at me like, Mm-mm, that there's no oh. G. What are you talking about? You know? Wow. So they looked, they looked at me like, what are you doing? You know? Right. And so, because I, they felt that I made the mistake, I already automatically knew. So right. this whole thing really is not just about you showing up yeah. and performing. You got to know your kids. Mm-hmm. They got to know you. Yes. And for everything to run efficiently, you you must build that relationship on the podium. Right. And, yeah. you know, I had a, a mentor when I was a younger teacher. Um and he was telling me that he felt that the more impressive performance was the sight reading room because as a judge, which he, he was a TMA member, um, as a judge, he felt that he could tell more on how students are or how they're taught based on watching their, their teachers instruct them in that instruction period and then how they perform. You know, it's like you <laughs> yeah, can't. Yeah, that's true. If you like for, for me. I had 10 minutes this year to instruct these students silently, or they were not playing. They were shadow bowing. But I mean, with the things that they demonstrated, you can't teach that in 10 minutes without letting them experiment on their yeah, instrument. That's so true. everything that they're putting out has to be something that I've done in the classroom leading into this. You know, um, I always, when I was younger and I would talk to my colleagues who were also younger, and we were all just novice teachers who, you know, Just we were living out. in the dreams yeah. and stuff, you know, <laughs> talking about everything that we thought we knew. And, um, yeah, I remember that we would talk like, oh, we have to start teaching sight reading, you know, <laughs> like yeah. in January. Mm-hmm. But it's really a year-long process. And, and You got to start it from day one. Yeah, from day one. The standard for high-quality music has to be there from day one. Um, you have to teach them to build their technique and be able to read rhythms from very early from, you know, as soon as we start rehearsal after, you know, syllabus day or something, which yeah. mm-hmm. even, you know, I have a block schedule. I don't know how you have it, but, um, I don't have a block. Schedule. You don't and have a I block schedule, too, by the way. which we need to talk about that later on about the difference <laughs> in block scheduling. Cause it's awful. But anyway, um, I have a block schedule. And so now syllabus day does, yeah. you know, it mm-hmm. takes 10, 15 minutes and then we start playing on day one. But for sure, um, you know, it, I think it's true. And that resonated with me of like, it's a year long thing. Sight reading will definitely tell where the flaws are or what teachers need to strengthen in terms of instruction. I think in concert that that will probably be more focused on what the students are doing, mm-hmm. but in sight reading is definitely a teacher thing. I, I'll tell you, I was very nervous this year about the sight reading process mainly because, um, and we'll talk about that too, especially with the COVID situation that happened uh, uh and, and how that affected us as well but <clears throat> i was real nervous because i didn't start the sight reading process as early as i normally do and i'm talking about like we just like we just mentioned day one mm-hmm. i i didn't even bust out you know the sightreadingfactory.com which i sometimes do you know mm-hmm. i didn't do that until a month before or yeah. even three weeks before so mm-hmm. you can imagine oh man here we go you know we were so focused on uh, you know, our three pieces that we're supposed to play for our concert, totally forgot about sight reading, right. you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think that's the hard part about uh, preparing for the the evaluation to begin with, the mm-hmm. UIL evaluation. It's just, you're having to juggle so many things and then so many situations on top of that. And uh, every school is different. Right, right. And it comes at such a, I mean, for us in our, we teach in the San Antonio area, um, we are in different regions for TMEA or UIL. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. um, so Maddie is in one region and I'm in another. The, the city is pretty much split into three, <laughs> two big ones and one small one. But, yeah, that's true. But mm-hmm. um, so both of our regions, at least, we go before spring break. 
which is seems to come around very yeah. very um quickly in my region we also have you don't want it after spring break though right well when i taught oh middle school it was after a spring break week after yeah oh my god yeah gosh. it was Ooh. a week and i you know i didn't have a break <laughs> i was thinking about it <laughs> every day of like planning you okay on day imagine. one when i come back this is what we're going to do to revisit yeah. you know um but for us in in our region region 12 we have UIL solo and ensemble contests at the end of January. Um, and we don't, I mean, I know here in region 29, they, you get to hire your own judge yep. and run mm-hmm. your own contest in region 12. We, we do have, have some say, yeah, mm-hmm. we have one contest and the whole region goes. Oh, so gosh, yeah. it's like a region audition, but we all have solo and ensemble and there's different rooms and it's crazy. And there's yeah. hundreds of students that show up throughout the day. Um, but having to prepare for that and helping students we'll in talk addition about that one to, too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but in addition to kind of piling on UIL content and site reading evaluation yeah. prep, all the while, you know, course selection is happening. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and, and the course selection thing is at perfect timing right now mm-hmm. because you're, I mean, AKA yelling at these kids <laughs> about getting their crap together mm-hmm. You know, I have kids who are just now thinking that orchestra is cool. It's yeah. like, where have you been? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. They didn't think scales were cool. They didn't think, you know, reading it out of the method book was cool. I get that. Right. You know, and maybe a Halloween song or two maybe sparked their interest. But when it comes to UIL, I know for a fact my kids are fired up. Like, they're right. like, ju- they, I get them on board. But uh, course cards are around this time mm-hmm. and this is around the same exact time yep. i'm yelling at them get it together <laughs> yes. you know yes. i need you to i need it to be right right and, and you're convincing them to do it right mm-hmm. and having to do it over and over i mean it's just one thing after another for for uh, many kids it's a stressful time right know? and i and i think you know at the beginning of the of the talk we we kind of touched base on how stressful it is and i think part of it is the fact that so many things do happen at around the same time um and it's a lot of things that are out of our control. And UIL is something that's out of our control, too. When I was, uh, as uh, a lot of my friends who went to UT used, they, were, they used the word novice teachers. And I always know, like, oh, someone said novice. They must have gone to UT. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll have to remember that now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of novice teachers, we talk about... Um, when I was a younger teacher, as we would say, novice teacher, uh, and I talk, talked about the preparation for UIL concert and site reading evaluation. Um, I thought it was all on me. I thought I needed to choose the rep that best fit my students. I needed to prepare them. I needed to make sure that they were practicing. I needed to practice for them if they were not practicing. Um, we still do all those things. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But it was kind of like, I I viewed it as this is all on me. And I, I made the rating and the whole experience a very personal experience. Oh yes, It was, the comments that the judges were giving, I didn't really think about it as for the kids. I thought it was for me and it was against me. And I was very sensitive at first because, you know, I guess in music in general, we put ourselves in these situations where we're constantly at a vulnerable place where we can be judged by others. Um, even if they don't tell us, we know that it's probably happening. That's true. That's just the nature yeah. of what we do. Um, and so I didn't really separate that into what this was trying to accomplish as UIL, um, as a UIL evaluation. Um, but as I've grown, I've realized that it's not just 
something for me because when it's all on me and I view this as something that is something that I have to control every aspect of, that's where the stress comes. It's going to drive. That's where the stress comes because it's not a, I can't control everything. I don't, I can't, I can encourage students to practice, Mm -hmm. but I can't go home with them and make sure they're doing it. That's creepy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've mentioned the same thing. I'll say, Hey, look, do I need to, I'll say again, I say crazy things all the time. I'll say, do you want me to tie your shoes for you too? (laughs) What do you, what do you need me to do? Right. You need me to beg you. What is it that you need me to do? Yes. I, I, and once I realized that UIL was a collaborative effort between director (laughs) and students, then I felt a little bit less of the stress because I, I don't get me wrong. I'm still stressed. Of I was course. Still stressed. But you put it more on the students. Right. And you make it more of, I mean, there's, there's that age old saying is I, I, I'm going out there with mm-hmm. just a baton. You right. got the instrument. You're right. making the sounds. Right. I want to help you sound right. better. So right. you're, you're putting that back on them. And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You, you want to be the guidance. You know, right. you want to be the, the guy that uh, helps them understand what's right, what's wrong, what's conventional um, and what's acceptable, what's not. And uh, their job is literally to produce sound that uh, the composer is envisioning. So, right. you know, you're really getting those kids when you get them to own up to their own performance Mm -hmm. you're getting them to do what we all have done as symphony players as gig you know gig you we we play at gigs and whatnot so Mm -hmm. doing all those things the composer wrote the music right we need to interpret that music right and sometimes the only guidance we have is the music itself. Exactly. You know, so you're really asking those kids to learn how to read music mm-hmm. and learn how to interpret music and to learn how to be independent. So Exactly. Um, that's our show for today. Uh, we'll definitely come back again with another episode. If you want to know more about the Salty Music Teachers, uh, you can visit the saltymusicteacher.com. Or you can email me with your own questions and maybe some topics at the salty music teacher at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you. Thank you, Eric, for joining us today. Thank you. Have fun. Bye.